Hello and welcome to the first edition of The Principle of Moments, a podcast about management today, brought to you in association with Hanover Fox Executive Search. Now, it's almost a year since the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 a pandemic and threw the world into immediate turmoil. Since then, we've been through a series of targeted lockdowns around the world, and more than half the global workforce is now working remotely. In this edition of the podcast, we're going to be looking at how the role of management has changed over the last 12 months and how it will continue to evolve post-pandemic. I'm joined today by Director of Hanover Fox, Neil Watkins. Neil, good morning. How have companies had to change their style of leadership over the last 12 months to fit what became the new normal? Well, first of all, good morning, Tim, and a great question. To set this in context, uh, Hanover Fox is a company which deals with a lot of companies and organisations where we speak to a large number of people about the roles that we are looking to fill for them. Because I haven't been able to visit and interview face-to-face, I've done a lot more Zooms and Skype meetings and interviews with people. And I've been privileged enough to speak to a, a large number of people across the whole of Europe. Clearly, there has been differences between countries, and I've spoken to lots of people in Germany, France, Italy, and and pretty much every country you can think of in Europe and, and further afield as well. But if we take the assumption that people have been restricted by and large quite severely in the way in which they can travel and and their business life has altered enormously, then this has had quite a significant knock-on effect into the way in which um, people that are in leadership positions, and by and large, these are, these are the types of people I've been talking to, where they're managing large numbers of people and big businesses across different countries and different cultures, then I've seen progressively over the last 12 months uh, a significant change and a significant attitude uh, shift to the way in which teams are managed. By and large, these people in the past, in normal life, shall we say, whatever that was, would be getting on a plane on a Monday morning and visiting all of their countries and their people and having team meetings and face-to-face issues. That came to a a pretty rapid end uh, earlier last year. And so they've had to resort to the technology of online meetings in the initial stages. There were some obviously technical issues about uh, getting used to to it, but quite quickly companies came up to speed uh, with technology and training and they became quite proficient quite quickly in dealing with it. So that lack of personal touch, uh, face-to-face business meetings often topped off with dinners and, and you know lunches and all those usual social things that go with, uh, with business um, made it quite difficult and challenging for a lot of people. If we look at some of the studies, and there are many that have been produced and comments that have been made by business leaders and academics, we often see and hear the words versatility, adaptability and agility being used to characterise a style of management. How would you describe a versatile manager? I think it's a very apt and very appropriate description. Versatility is something which um, has come up a lot in our discussions and interviews with uh, both my clients and potential candidates as well. Um, 
And I would describe a versatile leader as someone who's able to flex their leadership style to fit the people in the situations that they want to influence. So that they've had to um, adopt a range of approaches which they can adapt as required and not perhaps be the single rigid way of leading or interacting with others that they've done in the past. And I think that ability to be versatile is probably one of the most important components of leading effectively today. Um, they may not see it necessarily in that way, but uh, is unquestionably in my mind, a link between the success and versatility um, at the highest level in a leadership position. There does appear to be this great haste to become more versatile and adaptable. Is there a danger of becoming increasingly over-versatile? Yeah, uh, again, I've had some feedback in the later stages of the end of last year that um, people were tending to be over-communicate. There was almost a, a too rigid approach to too many meetings and too much um, contact, which is kind of perverse, really, when you think about the uh, fact that you are working remotely. And I think people exceeded the, the brief. And I know that quite a number of people have reduced the amount of screen time and contact time because I suppose that there was an originally a great fear uh, of people becoming too remote and too forgotten, shall we say, in the organisation. So that has been a feature. But I, I think sort of going back to what I saw as the main characteristics of the versatile leader of, of the future is really that capacity to read and, and respond to the changes that they saw before them. The best leaders, in my uh, opinion, in my experience, are typically those that are better at reading change and responding to it. Anecdotal feedback has been that they've had to often be versatile to the culture of the different countries they're dealing with. So dealing with somebody in Northern Europe, for example, in Scandinavia or Germany, has been very different to the way they've had to deal with people in, say, Southern Europe, like Spain or Portugal or Italy. So cultural differences have played a big part in being effective in managing this, this somewhat unique situation. And I can say uh, the example that I've been working on, where I've led a couple of large searches for some very senior leadership roles, which included um, the ability to work across countries and across cultures. Bringing and inducting a new person into an organization has been particularly challenging at a time when the usual meet and greet and the team building exercises that are accompanied with an induction have been curtailed. So it, it has been very patchy in my experience so far of how organizations have had to adapt to different situations, different cultures, different stages, different ages as well. A lot of the younger employees I know have adapted perhaps a little quicker to the new technology than those a bit like me have, have perhaps struggled a little bit with the technology early on. So all this points towards versatility being really at the heart of, I think, the new and successful leader of the future. Leaders and managers are also uh, aware of this need to embed compassion and empathy into business models. And uh, one quote that stuck out for me, the Harvard, Harvard Business Review stated that uh, compassion at a time of crisis is an important manifestation of leadership. Now, do you think that management has become more caring since this pandemic struck? Yes, I, I think that's a a fair comment. Um, uh, another example I will 
pull out uh, to try and highlight that point is uh, my dealings with a large uh, American global software business who I know for a certain have put a huge amount of effort into the caring, compassionate side of dealing with their employees. For example, they have run several webinars based around the concept of mindfulness, of relaxation, of overcoming anxiety uh, that people will be going through, uh, not being able to, to meet up with their teams and obviously managing people further down the organization. I know they have employed some fairly senior and, and well-known gurus in this area who've, who've run some podcasts. They've even put on entertainment evenings. They've run quizzes. They've run all sorts of things like that that have tried to engender the engagement and the sort of team spirit that might be lacking through the other uh, activities they've not been able to do. And interestingly, I heard a case the other day where some organizations have been giving extra holidays because people have been almost overcommitting to their, their job. They've almost been overperforming and they've been burning out uh, a little bit. And that's been picked up on and people have been almost forced to have holidays to give them some downtime. There's less time to do your social bit. You can't leave home if you're in a, a lockdown. So people have been turning to work at times they probably wouldn't have done in the past. So undoubtedly, in my view, companies have had to look at more the personal and also the mental health issues that have arisen undoubtedly. How important do you think it is that your team know why you lead, how you lead? Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, one of the things we do at Hanover Fox is always tries, as far as we can, to get a good understanding uh, when we interview candidates of how that candidate uh, best performs. What are the things that um, they liked to see from their leader? What are the things they don't like to see? And, and we often pass that on to our clients and it gives them a good insight into the, the, the style of leadership that is best for that particular individual candidate. And it will obviously vary candidate to candidate. And equally, we ensure that we're well briefed on the style of our client so that we are able to match best candidates to the best clients so that the culture fit is there so that they understand how they operate and obviously good candidates will always ask um, tell me about so and so this line manager that I'll be working for you know give me his history what's his background what does he do what he doesn't do what does he like uh, what doesn't he like I think it is terribly important for people to be more open these days about the way they work. And, and that's certainly a trend which is, I think, coming to the fore. Business leaders and academics, they do love a list. And one that uh, I came across recently, again, it was out of the Harvard Business School, the seven C's that they say illustrate leadership principles that are shared by effective coronavirus managers. Confidence, communication, collaboration, community, compassion, and cash. Now, that's the first time I've seen cash used in any of these collectives. But whatever else you think about the word and its inclusion, you need it to pay your employees and you need it to actually keep your company going. Yeah, it's a good point. And whilst we're talking about the, the differences in leadership and what extra challenges have been 
thrown at uh, organizations at, at this time of a pandemic. Businesses still have to survive. Businesses still have to make a profit. And we've certainly had clients, thankfully, who've been very busy in the last 12 months. For example, one of my clients is a very large packaging organization and some of their packaging products have been used in the medical arena. So they have been rather busy and very fortuitous in that respect. But that's uh, that seven C's, I think, is a good good benchmark and certainly one I th I'm going to look into more and perhaps use as uh, <laughs> part of my interview technique in the future. Now the coming year promises to be very different to the uh, last for business leaders and management with vaccine rollouts worldwide and the hope of a return to normal sooner than later. Now will the biggest challenge for leaders and managers be setting the agenda or what is the new normal? Yeah, that's um, it's often a, a point which comes up again in discussions about, well, what is the new norm going to be? Is this a temporary change that we'll just go back to what we were doing in 2018 and 2019? Or is, or is this something that's going to have a long-lasting effect upon our behaviour and the business model? My personal view is it will have a long long-term effect. I, I don't think this is going to continue forever. There will be a return to some normality. But I think some of the benefits that uh, have arisen from the way people have had to operate in the last 12 months will, will continue through. And I'll, a couple of examples, I know that companies have been very surprised at how much money they've saved simply from travel and living expenses. And therefore, more scrutiny will be uh, applied to, does that, is that meeting necessary? Does it have to be take place face-to-face -face, or can it be done over Zoom or, or Teams? So, and I know, speaking to a couple of finance directors, I know they've been surprised and, and pleased by the savings that have come through. So I, I think quite rightly, people will challenge the need to travel quite as often as in the past. And equally, from a personal point of view, a number of people I've spoken to have questioned the environmental impact of all those aeroplane flights and taxi rides and so on and so forth. So I think there'll be uh, an environmental benefit longer term from the new model of the future. I think other things will emerge. Who knew of Zoom 12 months ago? You know, nobody had ever heard of them. There will be other things that will come to the fore that will be more business enabling that I, th I think we probably don't even know about at this stage. But no question, it's there for the future. The last year for many has been all about adapting and surviving. Is there a feeling now that management are in a hurry to ensure that they get structures and operational systems in place to ensure they exit this crisis as leaner, stronger and more resilient? Yeah, it's it's a topic which came up recently with a client of mine, actually, and um the, the question we revolved around, uh, how do we lead and what do you lead? The forceful leadership as opposed to enabling leadership. And I think there's going to be a, quite a bit of training and a bit of thought put into perhaps improving some of the enabling sides that is required when you're dealing with people more at a distance. So things like taking charge and empowering people, being more participative and perhaps being less demanding and more supportive. And then I think the, the question around what you lead, this distinction between strategic and operational leadership is a big thing. There is evidence also from what we see at Hanover Fox of first steps towards helping leaders becoming more versatile uh, in helping them assess their sort of current abilities and doing a sort of 360 feedback and asking 
people about this style and how they can help and improve it in the future. So some of their peer group and their co-workers and so on and so forth. So I think people are realizing that management training and management style and culture is something that's going to be uh, shifting um, for the future. There's uh, no question about that. Um, uh, and I think one other thing I might like to just point out, Tim, is that um, versatile leaders, in my experience, and I have been working in executive search now for over 15 years, and before that I was in industry for, for over 25, so I've seen it on both sides of the, of the table, shall we say. But, but versatile leaders tend to have more diverse career paths and, and work experience than others. So they have worked across different sectors and across different cultures, and they're able to therefore have a broader palette of experience to draw upon. And I would certainly suggest, and I do often talk to candidates about perhaps seeking commercial experiences in different businesses, which I think is a, is a great platform for preparing yourself for leadership challenges for the future. And I think the second issue I would say is, is to make sure that you have ongoing feedback and development. I think it's absolutely crucial that people don't stick to a rigid management style. And once you get stuck in a rut, that's not good for organizations. So people continually need to question themselves and question their, the way they operate and lead their teams. So again, building on this, this theme of versatility. And I think the other thing is that the third strategy I would say for developing versatility that I've um, heard mentioned is is in general personal development, becoming a more well-rounded person. So being aware perhaps to opposing skills and behaviours uh, and, and not being necessarily too blinded by your strengths. Versatile leaders that I've seen show a pattern of real ste really stepping up beyond the familiar and, and, the, and the comfortable, shall we say, uh, and, and stretching themselves. So... All these things, I think, will be built into the specs uh, that we receive from clients in the future when we build a profile for new talent that they wish to bring into their organisations. My thanks to Neil Watkins, Director of Hanover Fox Executive Search, for joining me today. For further details on these services provided by Hanover Fox, then go to their website at www.hanoverfox.com. To email, the address is mail at hanoverfox.com. Well, thank you for joining me today, and we look forward to welcoming you back to the next edition of the Principle of Moments podcast next month. Until then, from me, Tim Cable, bye-bye for now.